loading artist audio insight podcast verb interview with artists working today podcast noun insights into the work and process hello and welcome to podcast i'm your host philip j mellon loading artist audio insight and it's philip j mellon and for oddcast and we're sitting here with mia browno hi hey phil hey how are you um and you're sitting in your studio if um if i'm not mistaken yes i am in my studio in new rochelle new york and uh, new rochelle is located on the border of the bronx and westchester oh great thank you um so um i always enjoy talking to artists as they sit in their studio it kind of um for some reason, even though I'm not there with you, it still seems. Uh, uh, so it's like our you 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 have a studio as an artist, so it's uh, you know it's this little creative nest. So. Yes, yes, it's a it's a good environment to sit in and to talk about art. Exactly. So uh, I guess the the nature of this is an interview talk. So I guess I'll start with uh, with some questions. Okay. All right. Um, now, I know uh, a little bit about your work and, you know, from from actually being lucky enough to see two of the paintings in person. And and uh, I imagine I know the answer, but I feel uh, maybe you can fill us in on whether or not you when you begin a work, do you have uh, pr any preliminary sketches or or does the work grow a little bit more organically? Um, when I when I when I get an idea, I will. Um you know, make a doodle. If I really like the idea, I'll make a more extensive doodle. But the work, once I, you know, start the canvas, like you said, it's very, the process is very organic. And I pretty much figure the entire piece out on the canvas itself with, with little premeditation. Um, however, I uh, do occasionally do paintings that involve animal parts. Uh, meat bits or full carcasses, and when I um, when it when the work demands a piece of meat, I have to um, pose the meat, light the meat, and take some JPEG. So there's there is more premeditation, and it's a bit more involved um, with the animal. <laughs> right with the animal uh, parts, and and uh, I know we uh, unfortunately had some technical difficulties in the beginning of this call, so. Uh, um, I thank you for the patience, and I know you had said something, um, uh, something about rot time, which I think um, you know it's interesting to bring up, and it it um, it just um, sort of points to the fact that some of your work is very raw in some way, and and you but you actually do work with um, actual meat sections and things like that. Oh, totally. Well, I paint from life. You know, oh, okay. whether I'm painting fruits or vegetables or meat, I am. I'm. Uh, always working for life and um, and uh, I, I had to eventually turn to taking JPEGs because I tried to paint the meat from, from life uh, uh, but meat un unlike the fruits and vegetables rots a lot quicker especially with a spotlight on it. Oh so, right. <laughs> um, the rot time with fruits and vegetables is much delayed and much less offensive <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, that's I. You know, I tried to work for life with the meat, but it just yeah gets way 
way too nasty, way too fast. Yeah, um, I imagine the the technique uh, wouldn't allow for this quick um, sort of this quick sort of uh, collection of of strokes and what have you to to, to capture the 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 essence of the meat. Um, Correct. I mean, because it's, uh, the meat is really quite inspiring and involved. And the thing I like about rotting fruit and vegetables and rotting meat is that, and the great thing about taking the picture, you know, which freezes, you know, the meat in its more pristine state, is that, you know, with meat and like with the rotting fruit, there, um, there's always something so very unexpected, yeah. um, so always some sort of new color or texture. And so, yeah, God bless, um, you know, digital photography and uh, well, photography in general that allows, uh, you know, a deeper connection and interaction with that um, subject. Right. Um, there, in some way, uh, some of the paintings with, with, with the meat involved, they, they almost, like some of the forms almost take on this sort of rock-like formation type uh, a, a appearance and uh, and yeah, of course, different different palette, different colors in general. But um, just the the form and structure of it uh, is is very interesting, and it must be uh, quite the quite the experience on your end to to, to paint such things. I mean, when you think about the tradition of 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 still life painting, and you know, like in the seventeenth century, they had. Uh, meat parts and rotting fruits and vegetables were a very common motif, you know, it was right. a bonitas, momentum more, you know, recognizing how life is, is transient. And, um, you know, the painting the meat or, or the fruit or food, you know, in general, um, with the work that you saw and like in my recent show in New York, um, you know, those pieces you know, when thinking about all those pieces and the, the meat and the fruit, it just allows me to realize that food um, is the most profound relationship that we have with nature and that it's just such an elaborate intersection with so many aspects of our, our life. It's this, you know, intersection with ourselves, our body, our body image, intersection with other species, agriculture, the industrialized food complex, biotechnology, and sort of just goes on and, and on and and uh, I, hope that, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> no, it, it's just uh, it's it's very it describes the almost the technique to a T in some way that it's very rich in you know the subject matter just harkens at so many different things, and uh, I find myself um, uh, you know like at, at at sort of it challenges me to look at it in some way and and not in an unpleasant way but in a very very. Um, like I said, it's very challenging and it, it speaks to a lot of things you mentioned and it, it's, it, there's a lot, there's a lot of mystery involved. And yet uh, a friend of mine was looking at it this morning and we were, we were chatting about it and some of the compositions like based on um, the objects that are involved or, or the, the, the actors, the players involved, like the chicken carcasses and things like that um, for for the amount of, of rawness, it, it, there seems to be a little bit of a humor uh, that he felt was coming from the paintings. And I wasn't sure if that was an attempt uh, on your end, or is that just a, a nice um, addition to uh, a nice side effect of, of the work in general, the visual appearance? Um, I, especially the painting, I think that you saw the the way that the chicken carcass is handled is handled in a, in a pretty humorous way. And I've also used 
um, uh, chicken carcasses for um, another series, which is on my website, which is also kind of uh, humorage, which which is the uh, my glaze series. Oh, okay, um, yeah. And and if you saw those, those are also handled um, in a pretty uh, humorous way. And you know, but the, the, what's uh, challenging about the animals because you know I'm 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 taking I'm sort of combining um, scientific models with um, with these with these food items, you know, I'm, I'm working right. in terms of fundamentals. I'm taking the most fundamental aspect of life, which are these protein and DNA forms, and coupling that with the most fundamental means of nourishing life, which is uh, food, and then conforming to one of the most fundamental genres in Western art, which is still life. And there's serious aspects of that and humorous aspects. So um, it's kind of cool that you saw the humor in that particular. Uh, oh, that particular I have to. I have to credit that to my friend Kevin Fernandes. That was uh, his take on things, and uh, I, um, for me, it's a much more serious relationship. And 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 um, I I come from uh, I went to the Pennsylvania Academy of the Fine Arts, and uh, and a lot of their that's pretty that's pretty serious. Right? It's pretty serious, and so my relationship with that type of painting is um, a pretty serious relationship, and just serious serious painting. And and I hope that means something um to you and, and to the listeners but um uh they're, they're just the technique involved uh the the lighting uh that romantic lighting uh, um, um the yes i was i'm so glad you said it because i didn't want to because <laughs> i feel like i would fumble over the word so i'm glad you said it um but well, yeah yes. i'm pulling from a lot i'm pulling from the you know um a, you know a, a serious tradition, and um, and you probably noticed besides the occasional uh, animal part that I, I the grapes really do dominate most of my comp compositions, and um, and I feel kind of lucky about that because you know talk, talking about those traditions, um, you know grapes have had a very unique presence in the history of the painted food still life. I mean it goes all the way back. I mean, we're talking like one of the very first stories ever about painting um, involved still life and grapes. And right. it comes from ancient Greece. There was this guy named Zeuxis who was in a painting competition, and he painted grapes so realistically that apparently like a bird flew down and, and uh, tried to eat them. And uh, <laughs> so it is, it's great to pull from this rich tradition. Um, and the other thing about grapes, um, if I keep going off on this <laughs> this particular rant, the other thing about grapes for me, which is a little bit more uh, esoteric, is that there's this really wonderful uh, formal overlap between um, grapes and molecular structure, and um, you know, because that it, it, it really uh, those grape forms that are conforming to these proteins. Uh, all the pieces I think you saw in that show were inspired by protein forms, uh, but I also do DNA and amino acid strings. But the grapes really formulate the core of the foundation and really assist me in trying to establish this kind of, of movement. Because um, I don't know if you know that all protein forms uh, move in spiral and fold onto themselves. And oh, I try really? to communicate that in the work. Um, yeah, I see that. Um... Yeah, to try to capture a sense of movement. Well, I mean, movement is is, is apparent throughout most of your work, and I think that's one of the the major um, the the major 
aspects of your work is is the movement and it's very dance like and very very lyrical and yet with with the technique it's 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 very close form and and i, I would uh, impeccable draftsmanship yet they're dependent upon one is whether one is close further away experiencing it from the internet screen um some of it looks to be very very expressive at the same time even though you know it does uh explore the the more closed form techniques of painting um so yeah i mean it, it's totally apparent uh to, to me at least and um yeah i'm definitely enjoying the the, the work in both um and spending time with it online and and um it, unfortunately online is the way that i got most of it because i was yeah, yeah um i only got to see two of your paintings it was actually the show at uh, bristol community college the the grimshaw goodwicks uh art gallery um on the campus there and uh um I really feel like it, it, you know, talking about the 17th century. So I guess like, would you, would you hearken it back to like the, the Dutch traditions of, of, uh, still life paintings and, and yet has a modern flair to it with the, some of them containing the silhouettes, which, you know, very design oriented and very, very current in, in, in their composition and, and visual appearance. Um, and I was just immediately, the, the opening of the gallery, it's, it, they have a rather large opening. I'm not sure if you're at the gallery, but, um, there was your painting straight as a straight, straight away shot from, from the opening of the gallery. So it was, uh, a nice opening to the show. Uh, great. yeah, it was a nice experience. So, uh, I wanted to just thank you for that. And I guess I can attribute that to you and, um, <laughs> So, Thanks, Bill. Yeah, I didn't get to, I wasn't able to get up to um, that o opening. It's just been uh, super busy because I've got these two, I'm in uh, two other group shows that are getting ready to, to open. Right. Um, uh, there's a show in Chicago that's opening on April 15th, and then one in New York at my gallery at Sloan Fine Art, and that's opening May 7th. Oh well. Wow. So if you ever, if you find yourself in New York in the springtime, come down. Yeah, I, I, it's been way too long since I've been in New York, uh, but uh, it would certainly be worth worth my while to visit those uh, your work again. Um, um, now, I was spending a lot of time with your with your uh, website this this morning and 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 yesterday, and it was nice to see some of your paintings that the uh, i guess there was one that was at the, the the gallery that i was at that isn't on your website but the one um i'm trying to think what it was called um it was with the two swans the silhouettes of the swans and i believe there was two silhouettes it might have been three yeah that was the still life with flu yes yes it, uh that should it should be in my website under the um because uh, that was part of the complexities of the garden uh, series oh, okay. that I, I did, yeah. Yeah, that was um, the one that I had seen that was that was very uh, uh, centrally located to the opening of the gallery, and it was just, uh, I'm just repeating myself, and I feel like a, um, um, a bumbling fool in love with, with, with the work, so <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we can move on to another question. Um, sure, sure. Um, when all else fails, pull out a question. So what feeds your work more? Um, would you say, uh, uh, is it potentially other art forms, uh, your own work, uh, something like dreams or just life in general? 
Um, you know, I think like um, like most artists, they were, were were affected by you know everything about about life, whether it's the dreams, other artwork. Um, uh, in terms of my training, like I know you're a musician, and like I know you're you know uh, I'm sure your music um, influences your art practice, and um, I sort of trained as a dancer uh, for several years, and that deeply influenced uh, my work. It's, and I would say my training in dance made me a better um, painter. Yeah. And I think if you, if you have the opportunity to engage uh, multiple art forms in a passionate, you know, profound way, they will definitely assist one another. Um, but yeah, I would just say, you know, everything, everything finds its way into work. Yeah, it seems to be a common answer uh, from that question with with these interviews. Um, I usually like to pull this later on in the in, in the interview, but uh, there's a question that has become my favorite. And if if there is any uh, words that you'd like to uh, describe your work, like say three to five words that come to mind when you think of your body of work. Uh, three to five words. Yeah, uh, I know it's me. a toughie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, I'll count it on my fingers. Uh, takes a very long time. That's five. <laughs> wow, that's a great answer. I like that. <laughs> yeah, well, and, uh, like I mentioned before, because I'm I'm using old school techniques. And, right. Uh, you know, very involved, lots of uh, glazes and layering. So yeah. <laughs> now, um, with that technique, do you involve? Um, I mean, do you go way back into the the idea of the underpainting, or is it sort of? Uh, do you start with like an earth earth type palette, or? Um. Well, actually, going back to that, the idea of, uh, of movement, um, the underpainting start with, um, especially ones that are inspired by protein forms, they right. start off very much like abstract expressionist work. Oh, that's great. And then, and then I take the work goes through a very elaborate editing uh, process, and I start to introduce the fruit and the foods, and then um, uh, start building with the layering and glazing. Right. Um, that that's uh, that's exciting to know um, that that it does start off with a sort of more expressive uh, foundation and and the slowly um, slowly mo more close form and and you introduce the the great lights and darks as as time goes on in the painting. The, like the work you saw in the show were these pieces that were on the lighter background in the lighter. Yeah. Background. Yeah. Allow me to explore more of that abstract and graphic quality of the work. Right. Whereas the darker grounds allow me to um, explore some of those traditional um, light uh, and color issues. Yeah, that I, yeah, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because I know um, the, the the ones in the lighter background, which uh, appeal to me. Um, you know, I, I I'm a I'm a would be graphic designer myself, and uh, um, you know, I, I I dabble with it a little bit. And just the, the the shape structures are just great with, um, and a lot of them were, were I think the central sort of composition, but the, like I just felt like they had like a nice a real nice modern touch to a traditional and classical sort of um, tradi uh, tradition. I, I that word is common. Uh, <laughs> I can't get away from it. Um, but yeah, th just uh, mixing mixing the two two worlds and the duality of of uh which are centuries apart and and pulling them together which is just exciting to see on one canvas um 
I mean, because I, you know, as much as I look at still life painters, I'm also, uh, you know, really enjoyed and inspired by um, abstract expression, abstract expressionist painters, and I'm particularly fond of Bryce Martin. He kind of comes from that tradition. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, that's uh, Bryce Martin, you said? Bryce Martin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that. That's uh, just the expressive movements and... Um, very lyrical quality, and I I wanted to uh, bring up the the idea of your your computer scans. Um, I'm not sure what uh, what um, the scanography that I guess you're you're calling them. Oh yeah, I um I, you know because the work is so labor intensive, I'll do a lot of different tangent projects. Right. And uh, work in other mediums, you know, mediums that you know give uh, that I can resolve a little bit faster. So. I'll draw, I'll take photographs, um, and I uh, have started doing a lot of scenography where I'm like drawing with the fruit right on the scanning bed and um, and uh, having a really good time. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way, and and the interesting uh, the 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 sort of earth earth tones that that come from from that experience, and then the the trans translucency or or, or um, near translucency of the grapes and everything. It's it just exciting to see that on the, on the website. Um, now how, how do you exhibit those? Do they, um, are they prints or? Uh, yeah, I'll print them. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and they're I print them in editions of like uh, seven to 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. It'd be nice to see those, uh, in, in the future sometime. Um, sure. yeah. So, uh, do you, do you incorporate those into some of your shows or, or is that like a separate series that you might show as one, uh, a, you know, one show or? The scenography is definitely an extension of, um, what I'm exploring in the painting and, um, they've been in a few shows, um, at some galleries, but I haven't yet shown the paintings with the scenography, not oh, yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, uh, is that something? One of my questions is uh, how how do you w work through uh, any creative blocks that you might have? Would, would uh, sc the scanography be one way to get yourself through something like that? Or yeah, I think you know taking taking a break from your routine is really very uh, helpful. Um, and I'll just and or go back to what my uh, inspirations are, whether it's um, the scientific models or you know, looking at painting. Right. But if, you know, if I'm in a really bad block, I'll go figure drawing. Or something. Oh, that's great. Yeah. My next question, uh, when, when do you feel like you fell in love with art or, or feel like you became an artist? Um, I, I, I think I'm pretty lucky because I have always known. Oh, okay. Um, I was, my two, my parents are both really creative uh, people, my father's a biophysicist and my mother's a sculptor. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, they really provided this nurturing environment for myself and two brothers. And uh, and it gave me the permission to always know I was going to be a painter. So I'm, I'm oh, pretty that's lucky. Great. Yeah, so, and, and just really, really um, you said nurturing that from the, from the almost the very start, huh? And then you were, you would, you have some quite ex an extent experience with with dance you said yeah i started dancing and drawing at an early age um, yeah at very early age and i um actually uh went 
we relocated to Baltimore, and there was a, an arts high school there, and I auditioned in both dance and uh, visual arts, and I was accepted in both. So when I was 13, I had to decide what I was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> what a tough decision. <laughs> I, I picked art. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you did. <laughs> Um, now, with that experience, uh, um, how, how important do you think art training is for an artist uh, to beginning a, a career? I mean, it really just depends on the uh, individual, you know. Um, it is. It's a, it, I think it's up to the individual. I don't think you need formal art training to, to be in. However, you know, the, there's a great structure set up in, you know, art centers and universities to really assist a person in discovering his or her personal vision right. and expression of that vision. Two final questions about technology. I think um, um, I think we've already touched on a little bit the idea of uh, using some photographs and some scanning involved in some of your work. Is there any other uh, technology that you, you find uh, aids your work in, in getting it uh, to a nice completion? Or? Um, like I said before, you know, um, earlier on, uh, when we first started talking, the using the talk, making the JPEG of um, some of that meat has been really very helpful. And it's, it's actually great to paint from the laptop and that ability to zoom in is um, incredibly helpful. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, you, you, you really take uh, highly detailed uh, photos then? Yeah, I mean, the work is so detailed, you know. Um, it's been so very helpful for the the, the animal, um, the inclusion of the animal. Yeah. Right, right. And um, now, just one one with the relationship of the internet. Uh, um, how do you feel uh, the internet has? How how do you feel it's affected art um, uh, for like promotion and web presence, et cetera? Um, I I think it's been great. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, it's, I think it's wonderful that, uh, you can get the work out there. Um, the great thing about being an artist who is object oriented, the original one of the kind is always somewhere in reality. And it's, um, I think incredibly beneficial that, um, people can access the work. Right. Right. It's, um, uh, if, for myself, I was lucky enough to find it through, uh, in person. And I, I feel like, you know, th there's nothing like the, the original uh, painting and, and, you know, face to face and, you know, in front of the viewer. But I, I feel like your work does translate pretty well um, on the Internet itself uh, based on the color and, the, and then some of the graphic qualities of it. So, uh, you know, when I when I when I check out other artists and their work, it's still just always so excellent to actually see the scale. That's always that that's always been um the most wonderful thing about seeing it in person. Yeah, the the scale and um, the is most important, I think. Uh, and and sometimes it's so deceiving seeing it on online. Uh, I noticed with some of these interviews, I've seen some of the work in person, but some of it uh, I I catch online, and I don't know, I don't always notice the the dimensions. And and when I do, I'm often taken aback because I have this preconceived idea or notion of how big or small it actually is based on what I see online and it's often a surprise when, when I see the actual dimensions or when I see it in person itself. And, uh, so it's, I mean, it's great because you develop these relationships with, uh, artists work, you know, sometimes it's this amazing, elated experience to get in person, but then it's the opposite 
I'm sorry. You said it was the uh, an elated experience in in person, and when then you get to, when you after you develop a relationship virtually to see it in person, it can be um, a wonderful experience, but sometimes not so wonderful. You know, depending. Yeah, it's a wacky thing, I think, and, and it, just the idea of perception and how we we um, you know I know myself personally how how I put I put it in a certain category or, or a certain size and etch that in my brain, and then. You, you actually experience it in person. It's um, it can be a, a, a definitely a, a shocking and, and surprising moment with with that happening. Um, but have you seen the uh, Google Maps and what they've done with the museum? I I did. I I, I think it's kind of interesting. Um, and I know that there's uh, many different uh, stances on whether it's uh, you know like the for and against that that whole project, but. Um, I really haven't explored it too much. I, I'm sure it could be more, but it, I, oh, I, I don't. Think it's great. It's, oh, okay. I'm sitting on the fence a little bit about it. Um, I think it's. Uh, I guess it's good for people that don't travel much or can't travel much. I mean, I'm kind of find myself in that category, so it, it is nice to see works that I don't didn't even know existed, and then to get those zoom in um, shots, which is pretty cool. But. Um, Again, I guess it's 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 that whole virtual versus real. Right. I mean, there's still there's no comparison. I mean, to get to witness, you know, work in the flesh. There's just no comparison. But to get to introduce or be reminded virtually, I think is is um, is great. And the documentation that uh, Google Earth has done, I, I think it's gonna, it's a real asset. Yeah, it seems amazing that the whole project came about and just the undertaking that. Uh, and involved, uh, you know, um, I, and it's funny because I, I, I didn't get a heads up that it was happening. Uh, all of a sudden, one day it was there listed under the, the homepage of, you know, Google, the Google search engine and, and, uh, you know, such a, um, a big, a big project. I feel like I would have gotten some word, <laughs> but it was a nice surprise. Um, so yeah, here's to that, you know, um, yeah. Well, uh, I guess I want to remind the listeners of your, your website, and that's miabrownell.com. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, just want to thank you for being a, for participating in Oddcast, Mia Brownell, and uh, it's been great talking with you. Sure. Thank you so much, Phil. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been Oddcast. Thank you from me, your host, Philip J. Mellon. Keep the dialogue going.